Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the May 2nd edition of the sunny side of sports. Prince Nesta kicks off Monday's show with a look at the weekend highlights in the major European club football leagues. And Prince says the English Premier League leaders, Manchester City, tops his report. Sporty greetings, Prince. Sporty greetings to you too, Sonny. Dutch defender of Ivorian descent, Nathan Ake, Brazilian midfielder Fernandinho and his fellow countryman Gabriel Jesus all recorded their names on the score sheet as league leaders Manchester City is to a comfortable 4-0 win over Leeds United at Elland Road. City boss Pep Guardiola assessed his side's performance. Yeah, we saw for a lot in the first half, for the last 20-25 minutes and the transitions they did, they are really good. But after the second goal, we had a control, and at the end we could score more goals. So, but they could score one or two two at the end. Yeah, incredible result for us. So important. That was Manchester City manager Pep Guardiola's reaction following his side's win against Leeds United in the Premier League. The victory sees the citizens reclaim a one-point lead at the top of the Premier League table, ahead of second-place Liverpool, who beat Newcastle United by a goal to nil thanks to Guinean playmaker Naby Keita's first half strike. Liverpool boss Jurgen Klopp reacted to his side's victory. Coming here with five changes and, um, and, and and building pretty much a new setup is is massively is, is really difficult and so the performance was absolutely outstanding I have to say I loved it uh, we controlled the game in so many ways um, it's difficult the only plan they had obviously was a long ball to our right side from there they wanted to to play on but we had just some moments where it struggled because it's just difficult, but the rest we really controlled. That's Liverpool manager Eugen Klopp reacting to his team's Premier League victory over Newcastle United at St. James's Park. In other fixtures, goals from Gabriel and Rob Holding and Arsenal a 2-1 win at the London Stadium. Gerard Bowen scored Western's consolation goal. The Genesis boss Mikhail Atita was pleased with its side's performance. Today we won ugly. Uh, and big things... They have to find a way to win ugly when they don't play at the best. And today with the ball, we were really poor. Um, and then we lacked, obviously, composure, dominance um, to play the game that we wanted to play. But we find a way. We find a way through set pieces, through defending extremely well, through not conceding nothing apart from the goal. And uh, to win here away from one against West Ham, it's, it's credit to the boys and uh, they show the spirit that, uh, that we have. West Ham's boss David Moyes also assessed his team's performance. I thought we'd done a, a, a pretty good job for most of the game, but in the key moments we, we didn't quite make it, whether it was scoring or whether it was defending. We were a pretty big side normally. I made a few changes today, but made the team a bit small and I think it cost us at set pieces. And, uh, you know, overall, you know, I thought we'd, we'd done well enough, but... Uh, there's a couple of decisions I don't think quite went. Maybe another day might go for us, didn't go for us. At the moment, a few things aren't, aren't quite running for us, so we keep going. This Winston's boss, David Moyes, sharing his thoughts on his team's loss against Arsenal in the Premier League. 
Brazilian forward Richelison scored early in the second half to give Everton a crucial 1-0 win against Chelsea at Goodison Park. The win helped the Toffees move to within two points of the Premier League safety zone, much to their manager Frank Lampard's delight. Well, it's a big deal. The situation was clear before the game. Burnley result yesterday, where we are on the table, and, and it's critical times. So to perform like that against a top Chelsea team to get a result to fight for the result to see the togetherness of the stadium is a huge thing and it's something that we need to now replicate the job's far from done it's just beginning actually in the short term but we have to bottle what we did today what we had and go again Chelsea boss Thomas Tuchel didn't hide his frustrations with his team's performance we hate to lose but uh, but uh, we, we are we are responsible for it we are responsible for it today. It's our responsibility. It was our responsibility in, in Old Trafford to not have more. And we struggle to have consecutive clean sheets and we struggle to have consecutive uh, um, top performances, obviously. And that's why we lost today. That's Chelsea manager Thomas Tuchel reflecting on his team's loss against Everton in the Premier League. Son Heung-Min scored twice, while Harry Kane added another to help Tottenham secure a convincing 3-1 win against Leicester City. Tottenham Hotspur head coach Antonio Conte was delighted with its players' performance. A good performance uh, against a really good team. And... Uh, not an easy game, but you know very well that in England, not easy game, especially when you play against a, a, a team uh, like uh, Leicester um, with a really good squad. And uh, despite they made uh, eight, eight changes compared to the last game against Rome, and uh, the team was good, was good, was strong. And uh, for this reason, I think we have to, to be delighted uh, to... Yeah, to, that we we got three points. Uh, a vital importance for us this uh, this win because we continue to stay in this race. Um, I think no one uh, uh, could imagine uh, at the start of the season or in November when arrived that uh, we can stay with the four games to go in this race. Uh, instead, I think that uh, these uh, these players uh, are deserving are deserving to to fight for a uh, so much important place, uh, especially in England, because uh, in England it's not easy to qualify for Champions League. Then Spurs manager Antonio Conte assessing his team's convincing win against Leicester City in the Premier League. Sixth place Manchester United return to Premier League action on Monday when they host Brentford in what will be their final home game of the season. Moving on to the French League, French striker of Cameroonian descent Kylian Mbappe scored two goals and provided an assist to help French League title winners PSG secure a three-all draw against Strasbourg. Mbappe leads the French League top scorers list with 24 goals and 15 assists. Olympique Lyon also secured a 3-0 win over second-place Marseille, courtesy of goals from French footballer of Angolan descent Castillo Lukeba, French striker of Malian descent Moussa Dembele, and Cameroonian forward Karl Toko Ekambi. Lyon were now seventh in the league and undefeated in 16 of their last 17 matches against Marseille in all competitions, boosted their hopes of qualifying for European football as they are now five points away from the Europa Conference League spot. Third place Rene beat Saint Etienne 2-0, while fourth place Monaco also registered a 2-0 win against Angers, courtesy of goals from French striker of Tunisian descent to Sam Ben Yedé and Ivorian right.
right back, Abdullahi Bamba. Moving on to Spain, Rodriguez scored twice in the first half before Marco Asensi and French striker of Algerian descent Karim Benzema added two more goals in the second half to help Real Madrid wrap up the La Liga title with a 4-0 win against Espanyol. Los Blancos have now won 35 league titles, nine more than their rivals Barcelona, who also returned to winning ways thanks to a 2-1 victory over Mallorca. Atletico Madrid's top four hopes also suffered another blow as they crashed to a disappointing 2-0 defeat at the hands of Athletic Bilbao. Don Prince Nestor, you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Join me, Peter Clote, on the next Straight Talk Africa. I have an exclusive conversation with Yuwari Museveni, the president of Uganda for over three decades. We discuss democracy, security, and stability in Africa, and lots more. Yuwari Museveni, in his own words, Wednesday on Straight Talk Africa at 18.30 UTC. Sporting greetings. This is William Chosakong from Watford Football Club and Nigeria Super Eagles. You're listening to the Sunny Size of Sports on the Voice of America. William Chosakong and other members of the Super Eagles are wondering who their next head coach will be. Former Super Eagles defender Austin Egwavon led the team at this year's Africa Cup of Nations tournament in Cameroon. But he and the technical staff were let go after Nigeria was eliminated in the round of 16. Iron Mike Mbonye reports the Nigeria Football Federation and the country's Ministry of Youth and Sports disagree about whether a foreign coach or a Nigerian coach should lead the team. For reaction, Iron Mike spoke with the sports editor of the Lagos-based Vanguard newspaper, Tony Ubani. I think that uh, before we even talk about getting a manager, I think there should be uh, an in-house cleaning, sort of, you know, in the Nigerian Football Federation and uh, the Ministry of Youth and Sports. As we talk now, there are disagreements between the two bodies, you know, the regulatory body of uh, football or sports in Nigeria and the Nigerian Football Federation. One, the ministry does not believe that uh, getting a foreign technical advisor by the Nigerian Football Federation is made up in its mind of somehow repaying uh, Pesero, you know, who was contracted uh, before the nation's cup, before he was relieved, you know, because of uh, Augusto Negro. The as it may, I think that the case that I'm talking about is that uh, getting a manager is not a problem. The thing is just the problem is giving the manager a free hand, total free hand for the manager to do his job. The problem in Nigerian football has always been that of meddling. You know, there is so much uh, meddlesome in Nigerian football, you know, that almost the authorities will want to impose players on the manager. If you get a foreign manager, the best foreign manager from Europe or America, elsewhere, South America, and then they continue with the attitude of imposing players, there is absolutely no how that manager is going to survive. Uh, Tony, and, Tony. Uh, that's exactly. Mm, let, let me come in here. Are, are you implying that a coach like Genoro may have had this kind of challenge and that may have made him not to have achieved set goals and objective, as in meddling, not allowing him to do his work? Yes, absolutely. Genoro, you know, uh, himself uh, attested to that, you know, to some extent. And, uh, you know, as somebody who has seen uh, Nigerian sports and football, 
for over three decades um, at the forefront of Nigerian football. I must say that uh, that has always been the problem of Nigerian football. There is so much medicine. There is so much, uh, you know, influence. People coming from north, south, and east wanting their sons, wanting their brothers, wanting their relatives to be included in the national team. And I guess that's the problem. That's part one of the problem. Part two of the problem is not paying, not paying uh, the, the coaches as at when due. There is no good manager. There is no quality manager that you will get and you owe for months that will be at peace to deliver the job. So these are some of the things that we need to do. That's why I say, first, there must be, you know, a house cleansing. We must change our attitude from these bad attitudes and then allow a manager a free hand to do his work and also, you know, to also ensure that the manager gets paid as at when due. These, to me, are the more important things that we can do before getting a manager for the Super Eagles. There are some other things, you know, that we can also talk in the line of this discussion or later, Mike. Nigeria is in Group A for the 2023 African Cup of Nations qualifying matches, and they have uh, Sierra Leone, Guinea-Bissau, and then the winner of uh, Sao Tome and Mauritius game. And uh, it's been said uh, the, the, the qualifiers will start on the 30th of May. So, do you see? Do you think the ministry and the NFF would have sorted this problem out, and we have a substantive manager before the first before Nigeria's first match? I think that's a, a problem that is looming around for Nigerian football. You know, because in this standoff between the ministry and the Nigerian Football Federation, time is not waiting for anybody. Time is ticking, and if you see other play, other teams, you know, like uh, before uh, in Nigerian or African football was. Said that, that that group will be group A would be an easy ride for Nigeria, but then I cannot tell you that as a stakeholder, you know, uh, because uh, in the 2022 qualifiers, here alone came from uh, 4-0 down to hold Nigeria to a 4-4 draw, and that also shows that African football has developed to that extent that there are no more minos in African football. So Nigeria cannot beat his chest and think that uh, they can wake up any day and then override. Other Sierra Leone or Guinea-Bissau or South Tome and Principe, as it were. I think that coupled with the fact that, as at now, since after the Nations Cup, not qualifying for the World Cup, you know, Nigeria have a mountain to climb, even when they go the coach, for them to reclaim that self-esteem, you know, to be able to get good players, you know, that will execute uh, these uh, matches. That's Tony Ubani, the sports editor of the Lagos-based Vanguard newspaper. And Tony spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Lagos, Nigeria. Hi, this is Larry London, the host of VOA's Border Crossings, where we feature music and interviews along with your favorite artists from around the world. Tune in and interact live with us here in Washington, D.C. Hello, Shirin. Hello, Larry. How are you? Good. How are you tonight? Border Crossings comes to you Monday through Friday at 1500 UTC GMT. Thanks, Larry. That's Larry London, a man who's always ready to cross musical borders. I encourage our sunny side of sports listeners to follow me on Facebook and Twitter. 
My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. Once again, that address, facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. Once again, my Twitter handle at VOA Sunny Sports. The Basketball Africa League is back. Voice of America joins forces with Africa's Premier Men's Basketball League to bring you the second season of the BAL. 38 games, 12 teams leaving it all on the court in Senegal, Egypt and Rwanda to determine the 2022 season champion. Tune in to VOA 24-7, FMs and to our radio and TV affiliates for some action. Pre-game. Play-by-play, post-game, daily highlights, delivered by our finest commentators. Basketball Africa League 2022 on Voice of America. May the best team win. Basketball Africa League 2022 resumes on May 21st. When the BAL playoffs tip off at the Kigali Arena in Rwanda. In the opening playoff game, Rwanda Energy Group will host FAP of Cameroon. Rwanda Energy Group, or REG, should have a lot of partisan support as it tries to advance to the semifinals. Also on May 21st, in the second BAL playoff game, Petro de Luanda of Angola will play A.S. Sale. On May 22nd, there will be two more playoff games. Defending league champion Zamalek of Egypt will host Slack of Conakry, Guinea. And U.S. Monastir, a finalist in 2021, will play the Cape Town Tigers from South Africa. The Basketball Africa League semifinals will be played on May 25th and the final on May 28th. The Basketball Africa League is a partnership between the International Basketball Federation, FIBA, and the National Basketball Association, the NBA. In NBA playoff action on Sunday, the Golden State Warriors and the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks both posted road victories. The Bucks beat the Boston Celtics 101-89 to in a second-round contest. The AP's Gethin Coolbaugh reports. The Bucks take game one on the road against the Celtics 101-89 to behind a dominant display by Giannis Adetokounmpo. Adetokounmpo's second career playoff triple-double of 24 points, 13 rebounds, and 12 assists paced Milwaukee in its East semifinals opener. If somebody's open, I got to pass the ball. Uh, if I have the opportunity to drive all the way, you know, drive all the way, if I'm open, I shoot. Try to be as simple as possible, uh, but I think my teammates were there. Uh, they were open and they, they were knocked down shots. Drew Holiday scored a game-high 25 points for the Bucks. Knowing what was at stake, uh, knowing that we are on the road and coming in here on a Sunday afternoon and uh, not taking it lightly. Uh, like Bobby said, both teams are physical. Both teams play great defense and uh, have a lot of great players. So. Uh, we knew just right off top what it was and, and wanted to get a win this this first game on the road. Jason Tatum's 21 points paced the Celtics in their first loss of these playoffs after sweeping the Nets in round one.
They're a really good team. Uh, so it's not going to be easy. But we can't just, you know, let them speed us up like that. Um, you know, we all got to be, you know, stronger with the ball, um, more decisive with the decisions that we make. Uh, and I think we will be next game. Gethin Coolbaugh, Boston. Thanks, Gethin. Game two in the Celtics-Bucks playoff series is Tuesday night in Boston. In the southern U.S. city of Memphis, Tennessee, the Golden State Warriors edged the Memphis Grizzlies by one point in the opening game of their second-round playoff series. The AP's Denny Cap reports. Clay Thompson hits the game-winning triple with 36.6 seconds left to lift the Warriors past the Grizzlies 117-116 in Game 1 of their Western Conference semifinal. Come out here and get a gut check win. And, and it wasn't pretty at times, but in the playoffs, all that matters is that final box score score. And we uh, handled business, but we're far from satisfied. Golden State played a majority of the game without Draymond Green, who was disqualified after picking up a flagrant two late in the first half. Jordan Poole had 31 to pace the Warriors. This is a huge game to win, especially with him going out early. Um, you know, we really had to find that that grit, you feel me, the grind, and um, just buckle down and lock in offensively and defensively. He's such a big part of our team. Thompson's 15 points held Golden State steal home court advantage even after his team blew a 10-point fourth-quarter lead. John Morant notched a game-high 34 for the Grizzlies, while Jaron Jackson Jr. chipped in a playoff career-best 33. I'm Denny Cap. Thanks, Denny. Meanwhile, the Philadelphia 76ers will open their second-round NBA playoff series against the Miami Heat on Monday night with their injured Cameroonian star Joel Embiid on the sidelines. Embiid is dealing with several injuries, including a torn ligament in his right thumb, a concussion, and an orbital fracture. The fracture occurred when Embiid's fellow Cameroonian, Pascal Siakam of the Toronto Raptors, elbowed him late in Game 6 of another playoff game last week. Now, it's possible Joel Embiid could return later in the series, but he's not expected to play in Game 1 tonight and Game 2 on Wednesday night. Both games will be played in Miami, Florida. And it's certainly a big loss for the 76ers. Embiid is a strong candidate to win this year's NBA Most Valuable Player Award. And we here at the sunny side of sports wish Joel Embiid good health and recovery. We want to see you back out on the court, Joel Embiid. In another second-round NBA playoff series that begins later Monday night, the Phoenix Suns will host the Dallas Mavericks. The Suns eliminated the New Orleans Pelicans in the first round, four games to two, and the Mavs ousted the Utah Jazz four games to two. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. The Confederation of African Football recently held the draw for the qualifying competition for the 2023 Nations Cup Tournament in Ivory Coast. 
Our friend in Kampala, Magume Davis Rakawinj, takes a look at the Nations Cup qualifying chances of teams from the Council of East and Central Africa Football Associations, SECAFA. Eight SECAFA members, Burundi, Kenya, Ethiopia, Rwanda, Tanzania, Sudan, South Sudan and Uganda will each play six group games from May 30th this year to March 28th next year with hopes of making it to AFCON 2023 finals that will be staged in Cote d'Ivoire. The draws pitted Uganda cranes will play Tanzania Taifa Stars in one of the East African derbies in Group F alongside Algeria and Niger. Milutin Srodovich Micho, the Uganda cranes head coach, says it won't be an easy task. But he says he believes Uganda, having narrowly missed at the Cameroon edition, will make it this time around. I personally believe that it's a very competitive group. However, we need to approach uh, same like we are having six Africa Cup of Nations finals, uh, only with that approach that every match as it comes is in uh, the deepest attention details, uh, taking care about the things off the field and on the field, we shall succeed to garner enough points uh, to take us back to Africa Cup of Nations. Nasirin Chimbi, a Tanzanian sports reporter, says his country has a chance to finish in the top two. After Kenya, among these two nations, qualified for the AFCON tournament in 2019, but now in Group F, Uganda and Tanzania, who are slotted with Niger and group favorite Nigeria, will have more work to do so as to qualify for the tournament due to the quality that Algeria possess. Unlike these other countries that have few players balling their trade in Europe, who have to rely mostly on local footballers. Julius Juma, a sports journalist in Kenya, says the Harambe Stars in a group that has Cameroon's indomitable lions, rivals Burundi and Sokaminos in Namibia, go an easiest draw. He calls it a piece of meat for the Kenyans to deliver. Kenya currently ranks one of four in the world uh, latest FIFA rankings. Namibia uh, is 110 and Burundi is 140. As things look on paper and probably uh, on the field, Kenya should, be, should qualify from Group C as the second-best team and book a ticket to the AFCON finals. Kenya will have to first put her house in order after facing a ban due to administrative wrangles. Leo Vuganeza, a Burundian journalist, admits it will be a tougher group for his countrymen to sail through to the AFCON finals. Uh, Cameroon is far better than uh, those other countries, so it may be qualified uh, whatever happens. But... At the second place, I don't see exactly the, the team that will uh, reach it, but the fight will be very, very tough uh, between Burundi, Kenya, and Namibia. But I don't see Namibia taking that place, but um, Burundi and Kenya, uh, one of the two countries, should maybe uh, be second. Gakuba Felix Romario, a sports analyst in Kigali, Rwanda, says for now, they are Movubi, placed alongside African champion Senegal, Benin and Mozambique in Group L should use the qualifiers to build the team for future competitions. So in my opinion, Rwanda should actually uh, prepare for the long-term future. First of all, the, you know, the development policy from the youth levels to the national team should be well organized. That, that's the, the thing. So to me, I really doubt that... Uh, Rwanda can really make it. Uh, if, if they are to make it, they need to win all the three games at home and at least have uh, three more away, which I really doubt they have the capacity to do so. 
Africa's newest country, South Sudan, will be looking for a debut at Africa's biggest soccer stage after aging fellow Sakafa member Djibouti in the preliminary round. June Flexi Altoon, a sports analyst in South Sudan, says the bright stars could be a surprise package in the qualifiers. Uh, with the, the latest performance, South Sudan playing against Djibouti, it was 6-2 on aggregate. That is in the preliminaries. So that can really tell you that South Sudan have greatly improved in their performance. So I'm not surprised to see them qualifying to play in the AFCON. It's going to be a very big test, that is, uh, for the new manager, Kusen, to see that uh, they can beat two teams to go to the next round. But we expect something. Dalen Cheyune, an African sports atheist and analyst, says all the Sakafa members will have to up their preparations for a slight chance to qualify. I think it is tough work for the cranes to do in that group. Then when you look at the other uh, Sakafa countries, like Kenya, who are also in Port B with Uganda, they're already struggling with the, uh, a ban at the moment. And that will really be tough for them to make it out of the group that has Cameroon. Uh, you look at other countries like Ethiopia who are ranked fourth in the group where there is Egypt and you don't see them standing any, any big chance. So I think it's some tough work for the Asakafa countries to do. In Group D, Ethiopia will have to bat it out against Mohamed Salah's Egypt, Guinea and Malawi. While another Sekafa member, Sudan, will play the other Congo, Gabon, and Mauritania. For the sunny side of sports, Ayamugume, Davis Ruakarinjin Kampala, Uganda. up the May 2nd edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and that's the sunny side of sports. I get it.